The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. At 335, thanks for joining us on the 630 Chad Afternoon News. Um, have you heard of the term overfat before? Well, a new study suggests overfat is in fact different than overweight and that most men and a majority of women in developed countries are overfat. Fine, slap another label on me. Yeah, go for it. But what is it and what impact does it have on the body? Well, to find out, we've uh, called up our old friend, and it's been way too long since she's been on the show, but Heidi Bates, um, the director of the University of Alberta Integrated Dietetic Internship. Big name. It's quite the handle, yes. But you've been teaching and training dietitians across this province for years. Yeah, for a long time. We've got the um, the province's only training program for dietitians is at U of A, and uh, it's it's a great to get to work with those students that are nutrition warriors. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want let's break this down a little bit. Hey, if you have a question for for Heidi, text me at six thirty six thirty when it comes to nutrition that sort of stuff because we'll we'll get into it. You know that uh, this study shows that eighty four and a half percent of Canadian men sixty. 48% of Canadian women are overfat. Children, too, 48% of boys, 44% of girls. What is overfat? Yeah, well, you know, I think we have to think about weight and fat as different things, right? So traditionally, we when you go to the doctors, you might be weighed or they'll do a calculation called your body mass mm-hmm. index, which is your weight compared to your height, compared to your health health risk. But what none of those things do is tell us really what your body's made up of. And the reality is that, you know, you can be, there's people that they'll talk about themselves, well, I'm skinny fat. You know, Mm -hmm. they're actually at a, their body weight is in a decent place, but what their body is made up of tends to be more fat than muscle. And so, you know, you really want a body, if you can, that's got muscle on it. So you're being physically active. That tends to, you know, promote your health better than having a body where you're over fat, where you're weight is mostly composed of body fat, not as much muscle. So we're carrying more fat than muscle. What are the implications of that? Well, you know, being over fat kind of comes with some nasty chronic health conditions. So, you know, are a higher risk for um, heart disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes, certain types of cancer. So all those chronic niggly Mm -hmm. things that tend to get Canadians, you know, (laughs) as as we kind of get on in life especially. But that, those sound like a lot of the same um, complications that can come from being overweight as well. Right. But again, I would say we need to step back and say, you know, overweight, eh, it's kind of a generic term. Really, when we talk, you know, we say weight loss. Really, we should be talking about fat loss. Mm-hmm. Nobody really wants to just lose weight. They want to lose fat. Yes. And when we talk about people who need to gain weight, well, you know what? They don't usually want to gain fat. They want to gain muscle. That's right. Right? So I think we've we've used language that makes it sound like it's all one size fits all. And it's not really, you know, because you can have people who are thin, but they're not necessarily as healthy as they could be. Yeah. And conversely... You know, you can have, I work a lot with athletes who, if you weigh them, they would look like they're overweight, but they got tons of muscle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, I know in in years past with different things that I've been involved with, I think bodybuilding days, we were measuring at times with calipers. Mm -hmm. Um, I've done something more recently in the past couple of years. It was some machine that you stand on and it prints out what your... Oh, bioelectric impedance. Yeah, yeah. what kind of what your makeup of fat and, and, and muscle and all that sort of stuff is what is the best way that we should be measuring our bodies when it comes to fat, muscle, and where should we be? Yeah, you know, there's. it depends how much 
effort you want to put into it, how much money you want to spend, and if you can get access. I mean, the very best way to tell what your body's made up of, if you if you have the opportunity, is to get real full-scale body composition testing done. We have units at the University of Alberta that can do that kind of mm-hmm. high-end testing for athletes. You know, the Oilers go through that yeah. kind of thing. Um, the bioelectric impedance that you yes. had where you're on a scale or yeah. something, as long as you do it repeatedly, you can get a good gauge of where you kind of are. And ideally, you want your body fat less than 30% for the average Joe Schmo. Um, If you're an athlete, we're going to take you lower than that. (laughs) Um, But, you know, and and for some people, honestly, it could be as simple as just even the fit of your clothes because sometimes we know ourselves, right? We can tell that okay, so I turned 40 and the pants aren't fitting like they used to, even mm-hmm. though the number on the scale might be the same, right? Well, and I think as as we're getting older, and I would suspect a majority of my listeners fall between 35 and 64, mm-hmm. bodies start changing for Absolutely. men and women Absolutely. at that time. I think we, I, I think it's fair to say for, for men, you may be more around their tummies and, and, and women that poochy all yep. of a sudden, where did that come from? Yep. What What is that? Is, is that purely just age? Is it hormones? What is that? You know, as we age, it, we tend to lose some of our muscle, which means that, you know, it's, we put on body fat to kind of replace that unless we're physically active. Yeah. And and even with physical activity, it's, it may be a bit harder for people, but I would really encourage everybody to, you know, keep moving. Human bodies are meant to move. Everything about us is meant to move. Now, that doesn't mean you need to, you know, run the Boston Marathon or or do things you don't like, but getting out there and even walking consistently on a daily basis, you know, um, there's been studies in the U.S. where they track successful losers, you know, people who've actually kept weight off for extended periods of time. And And one of the things that that group of people tends to have in common is that they're doing some type of physical activity that they love, on a daily basis for 30 to 60 minutes Mm -hmm. and a lot of times it's just as simple as walking. Well, and it's funny because you said that word, simple, and in this article as well it said the key to slimming down is simple. 30 minutes of exercise a day, but for a lot of folks that's tough. A lot of people find it tough and it's not simple. I know I should be walking 30 minutes a day. I want to be walking 30 plus minutes a day. But when I get home from work or get up in the morning, the last thing I want to do is go for a walk for 30 minutes. It's hard. And and we are, I mean, we were talking before we came on the air, we are surrounded by food in our world. I mean, it makes it really difficult for people. You know, I had my students just go on a walk and within 500 meters of our classroom, they were able to find all kinds of fast food. Uh in that small of an area because that's the world we live in. But, um, you know, the the thing is, if you can carve out that time, even in 10-minute blocks... Okay. It, you know, across the day, you're not going to get super fit and turn into an Olympic athlete doing that, but you are going to generate some physical activity. And the other thing that physical activity is, a lot of us are stress eaters. Like we eat because we're emotionally overwhelmed and mm-hmm. stressed. Just even taking a break and getting that bit of physical activity in there can kind of just break that behavior pattern mm-hmm. for us, mix it up a bit, give you a little bit of a fresh outlook and then you come back. Heidi, we've heard um, over the years about the BMI, yep. and is that still a proper or good way to, to measure where you should be? Well, BMI is one tool, and I think that's the thing. I mean, it's not a, the be-all and end-all. It's one way of looking at your body, but it shouldn't be the only way because body mass index, or BMI, is very you know simply a comparison of your weight to your height 
a little bit of math involved there, mm-hmm. and then we'll get a you know an idea of your risk for health you know concerns. But the thing is, it's your weight, not your body composition mm-hmm. or how much fat right. you have on board. So so again, if I were to do that calculation on even athletes, bodybuilders in particular, you know they they carry a lot of muscle, so their weight is a big number. But it doesn't mean that they're necessarily unhealthy. Yeah. And so BMI doesn't factor that in, right? They talked about this hip-to-waist mm-hmm. ratio, and I, I'd not really ever heard of that before. Can you explain that? Yep. So um, waist-to-hip ratio, or WHR, is another way that you can kind of check in with yourself. And there's good you know, tools online where you can just measure yourself, pop the numbers in, it'll do the math for you. And basically, you know, what we're looking for in women is a waist-to-hip ratio where your waist is going to be small. Smaller mm-hmm. than your hips, right? You you don't have that apple type shape, that um, you know kind of means that you typically will have more fat around your mm-hmm. abdomen, right? So, um, a waist to hip ratio again, just another way of looking at the body, and probably the best way for folks is doing a number of those things. So look at your BMI, look at your waist to hip ratio. You just need a measuring tape and a scale. And you can get kind of an idea where you're sitting, but also pay attention to how you feel, how your weight has been. Because lots of us have a place where we kind of gravitate to that's Mm -hmm. within a healthy range. If you start crawling out of that, you know, time to make some lifestyle change and try and go back. When you you touch on that, do you believe bodies find a spot that they work optimally? optimally at i i remember going back after so the bodybuilding Mm -hmm. days when i was you know competing was really quite thin it was and i was in the heavyweight division at the time and still but at 130 pounds for me that was very very thin when i kind of kind of found myself around the 170 pound mark and for a lot of people they'd be like oh that's still really heavy but for me it was a great spot for my body to be at it felt like everything was working properly the hips weren't aching, the knees weren't aching, the back wasn't a problem. It, is that is that just in, in our heads or is that maybe a little bit of science behind it? You know, there, there's a theory called the set point theory yeah. that really says that people have a weight that for whatever reason, probably genetics that they're going to gravitate towards. Sometimes that weight's in the healthy range. Sometimes it, it may be just above it. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you know, kind of doing looking at yourself from a lot of directions you know from some of these calculations of bmi but also what you naturally gravitate to and how you feel can help you set a goal that's reasonable because you know for me as a dietitian sometimes i'll have people come and see me you know and they're 37 and they want to be the weight they were in grade (laughs) seven and probably that's not a realistic goal yeah but something that they've had as a weight as an adult that they kind of hung out where they felt pretty good Mm -hmm. it wasn't you know, extreme dieting to hold it might be a good place to start. Give us an idea of the impact of sitting, stationary jobs, um, what that has on on your body and your health. Yeah, honestly, (laughs) um, well, and it's not just my opinion. I mean, if you look at the research, increasingly what you're seeing is the picture that sedentary behaviors, so sitting, laying, watching, probably is negatively impacting us more than we gave it credit for because it seems harmless right you're just sitting but the thing is that um, we're doing it lots Um, we're doing it without breaks for so for extended Mm -hmm. period of time and so it kind of changes how your body does stuff and and you know I know for myself, I've had back problems. The more that I sit, the worse that Mm -hmm. gets, right? And so in the world of physical activity, you're seeing recommendations to take even just breaks every once in an hour if you're in that desk job to kind of get that body moving, you know, because the sitting, um, I think we're going to see 
that, you know, five, ten years from now, that sitting still is going to have quite the mark on it because it's really not what our bodies are designed to do. Dietitian Heidi Bates joining me in studio this afternoon. We'll take a quick break here when we come back. Just want to ask you some questions about nutrition and weight loss and programs and We'll probably won't have enough time. You know, come on. If you have a a question for Heidi as well, text me at 630-630. We'll get to it right after this. Ask for the questions and uh, they will come at 630-630. Dietitian, registered dietitian, teaches the you know, sets the program for dietitians pretty much in this province at the the University of Alberta. I didn't realize the U of A was the only place yep. that taught dietitians in this province. It is. It's It's been the home to dietetics for more than 20 years now, and we just had our program go through accreditation and passed with flying colors. Wonderful. So we're super excited. And how many people go through that a year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we accept 50 students into the program each year, so at any one time there's probably about 75 to even upwards of 100 interns wandering around Alberta <laughs> to take Taking care of people. All right, some of the questions coming in. Um, Heidi, what are your thoughts on apple cider vinegar drink as part of fat loss program? Fat or fact? That's a fad. Fad? I'm putting that in the fad category. Because here's the thing, um, as soon as you take it into your mouth and it hits the acid in your stomach, it's it's done. Its effectiveness is not really there. Now, it might fill you up a little bit, maybe not make you, maybe slightly curb your appetite, but it's not a miracle. Let's put it I've that heard way. it can be a good thing, though, for over too much acid in your tummy. Acid uh, reflux and that sort of stuff. Gonna, I don't no? think it's going to change that around. Okay. I mean, if you like it, it's not going to hurt you. So, I mean... If it's working for you? Well, again, and I mean, I'll be the first to say, if it's not hurting you and you like it, I mean... Uh, Cole wants to know, he says, is there a time of day or perhaps more specifically a time in an individual day, be it uh, this is a shift worker or nine to five type, that is optimal for getting exercise? Is there a specific time we should be shooting to get that 30 minutes of exercise a day? Because there's been lots of talk, oh, do it first in the morning before an empty stomach, on an empty stomach or whatever. What do you think? Well, here's the thing is it's when you're going to be able to do it that matters more than whatever happens in a lab or a research setting, because like so many things, you know, it sounds good on paper, but until you actually do it, it's hard. And so, it, you know, ideally, I think, you know, the research would say earlier in the day is is the bomb. But if, if you're like me, I'm not a morning person. <laughs> so, you know, then for me, practically, it's got to be at another time of day. And a lot of people are like that. So I would say, you know, the research is, is interesting. Keep that in mind. But know yourself and know your schedule and where it's likely to fit for you because we don't we want to make it easy. Um, says, hi, my name is Jamie. My girlfriend just started this blue box weight loss system. Have you ever heard of it? And do you know what the results are like? I haven't heard of this one, no. so I don't know. Okay, we'll have to Google yeah, that we'll one. check that one out. And intermittent fasting, because uh, with the keto kind of program that um, we've been following a little bit more, and I know some other people, I know Andrew was doing it as well. What is your opinion on intermittent fasting? You know, I don't know that fasting per se is a miracle, but what I do think is we need to pay attention to the amount of food we're taking in based on what we're doing. And and intermittent fasting kind of, you know, mirrors that a little bit. You know, we really want to tune into our bodies and eat when we're hungry, not when we have appetite, because they're different things. Mm -hmm. Hunger and appetite, not the same thing. And if you're physically hungry, you want to eat 
if if it's appetite, like you're just fascinated by food or you're, <laughs> you know, you see a commercial, distract yourself for five, ten minutes. If you're still actually hungry, have something. But, you know, really listening to your body because kids are great at that and we beat it out of them mm-hmm. and get them eaten by a clock. Yeah. You know, we, we want to come back to that. I had an old trainer that said, if you're hungry at nighttime, go to bed. <laughs> well, yeah, you might, you know, for you, yeah, because t- a lot of a times it's of not actually hunger. Yeah. We just are tired or we saw a commercial yeah. for chocolate. Uh, And talking about chocolate, someone wants to know how much junk food is acceptable health-wise and then says also kind of like coffee or alcohol, Mm. but how much should we be making that up? Okay, well for alcohol, I mean we have recommendations, you know, you're probably looking at no more than a drink a day, Mm -hmm. you know, is, is sort of Canada's overall recommendations. As far as you know, junk food, so-called junk food. Here's what I'm going to tell you. It's how you eat most of the time that counts. So kind of an 80-20 look at things. If 80% of the time you're generally eating well, eating lots of vegetables and fruits, whole grains, you know, those leaner protein Mm -hmm. sources, most people, if they're physically active, have some bumper room for, you know, some of these extras. Um, You just don't want to flip it where it's 80% of the time on Mm -hmm. the the extras and 20 on the good stuff, right? Okay. Okay. All right, but uh, a chocolate bar a day? <laughs> well, again, it's it depends on the person. If yeah. you're super physically active, you might have the calorie yeah. buffer for that. Uh, other a, people, you might not. I had a friend of mine says the only reason that she ran was so she could eat, uh, yeah. you know, pasta every night or whatever it was. Um, and here's a question, and I'm curious to know about this as well, because okay. this is the program that I'm following right now. Um, is a ketogenic diet safe? It depends on how that's constructed, because ketogenic diets... Um, it depends, you know, as if you've seen them, some of them will really restrict all carbohydrate, including vegetables and fruits. Mm-hmm. Others restrict uh, grain products, but they still allow carbohydrate to come in in other ways that would still allow you to meet your needs. So um, I'm not a big fan of diets where you're eliminating entire whole groups of foods and, and particularly mm-hmm. restricting vegetables and fruits. Uh, but if you're on a type of ketogenic diet where there's still a variety of foods it's not as extreme because the reality is with extreme most people can't hold it and so you go through these peaks and valleys of oh i'm doing it oh i'm not doing oh i'm doing it oh i'm not doing it and you don't get a result when you do that and you can actually create some havoc with your metabolism and how you store weight Mm -hmm. and some of these other issues there's a lot of lot of information online about keto diets Mm -hmm. and and you can adjust it to where it is as far as how much fat protein and and carbs that you're taking Mm -hmm. in as as you well know and so a lot of people are wondering about that um and it says, you know, diet is only part of the equation. If it isn't combined with exercise regimen, progress won't be maximized. That, that's true. And I mean, if you really want to get the biggest bang for your buck, um, I mean... 30 minutes a day. <laughs> here's, well, here's the thing. You, healthy eating will promote your health, mm-hmm. right? Physical activity will promote your health. Also, we need to think about sleep because a lot of us are not getting yes. enough sleep and it impacts our ability to eat well and get physical activity. But if you want the biggest bang for your buck and you want to really fire on all cylinders, you have all three of those kind of going. Like a beautiful triangle where all three sides are balanced with those three pieces. That's how I and look at it. what three pieces were they a again? Physical activity, healthy eating, and adequate rest, you know? Um, is there 
a guide that you would suggest? Is it still the Canadian food mm-hmm. guideline? Our Canada's food guide is a really great blueprint for how we need to be eating. It is a guideline, so it allows you to mix it up and listen to yourself and kind of mm-hmm. choose, you know, within that what works best for you based on tons of great scientific evidence. So it's a great way to look at things. There's been other th- tools that have kind of come from Canada's food guide, though, that are super fantastic. Like the Canadian Diabetes Association has what's called the plate model, mm-hmm. where they have a diagram of a plate, shows you how to outfit your plate, what portion sizes look like, and it's fantastic. It all sounds so easy, but we know it can be a, a huge challenge. Heidi, next time you're going to have to come in for an hour. Okay. Okay, promise. Uh, and uh, let's do it sooner rather than later. Okay. Heidi Bates, um, registered dietitian, the director of the University of Alberta Integrated Dietetic Internship. Thanks Love that title. Me. Thanks for joining us. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.